Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Now, property markets around the world have seen record prices on the back of government COVID-19 stimulus initiatives and, of course, low interest rates in the past. In Singapore, the resilience of the property market in the face of the pandemic has not gone unnoticed either as resale prices increase and more HDB properties cross the $1 million mark. The government is intervening to cool the heated market. As of 30th September, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, Ministry of National Development and Housing and Development Board have announced the latest round of property cooling measures. I'm sure you're aware it was the talk of the town for days. But in spite of the cooling measures, demand for property remains robust, according to some analysts. What has the actual effect of the cooling measures really been? And how will Singaporeans really be impacted? Wong Siu Ying joins us now. She's head of research and content at Propnex Realty. Hi, Siu Ying. Hello, Barty. Glad to have you on with us. Always a hot topic property here on Money FM. So, home prices okay. in Singapore have largely maintained an upward trajectory through the pandemic and unrelenting amid the recent interest rate hikes as well. Tell us what you're making of all of this. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. You know, the uh, home prices in Singapore, you know, they've kept at an upward trajectory throughout the uh, pandemic. I mean, just a quick recap here. I think earlier this month, there were numbers out on the uh, private home prices as well as HDB resale prices. So, you know, for the first nine months of this year, incidentally, both segments have gone up by 7.8% for the first nine months of the year from the end of 2021. And as you have mentioned earlier, you know, the real estate boom amid this pandemic in Singapore. You know, it's not not just here, but in other major cities as well. And a key reason, really, is the low interest rates that fuel home buying interest. If you recall, you know, interest rates, they were going up towards 2019, and then the pandemic hit, and then we saw them coming down again. Uh, There's also ample liquidity in the system. Uh, Households also have built up net wealth over the years. Plus, again, you've mentioned this fiscal stimulus to help businesses and households tide over during the pandemic. So all that actually supported home sales and, and also, you know, price growth. In addition with working from home with this remote working taking off during the pandemic, I think a lot more uh, people are also looking at buying, you know, bigger homes. Some people wanted to move out to have more privacy. So, so, so these are some of the key factors that really propelled home sales and price growth as we've seen in the last couple of years. But then now we're seeing the introduction of cooling measures. What sort of impact do you expect them to have? Analysts vary uh, their views on this. Mm. Well, that's right. I think if we look back at the uh, December 2021 measures, so that was the previous round, we saw some impact in the first quarter and then, you know, things started to pick up again towards the second quarter. And then now, nine months later, we have this latest round of cooling measures, largely aimed at preventing home buyers from, you know, overstretching themselves due to the rising interest rates, right? Um, That's it. I think we feel that this latest round of cooling measures, they seem to be uh, targeted a little bit more at the HDB resale segment. And, you know, no surprises there really, because the HDB resale market has done quite well this year. The prices have, have gained strength. And also, you know, you have reported on this as well, the million dollar HDB resale properties, right? I think coming back to the impact on prices, I think for private new launches, we do not expect 
significant price cuts simply because developers are probably working with a fairly tight margin themselves, you know, maybe single-digit percentage profit margin or somewhere in the low teens. So there really isn't a whole lot of room for price reduction given the, the land cost is paid and also the rising construction costs, which I heard could be to the tune of, you know, a 40% increase. So, so we think new launch prices in the near term at least will not budge too much. But given the, you know, overall uh, cautious sentiment about macroeconomic uncertainties, the rising interest rates, uh, also with new measures, they may lead to developers being a bit more measured with their land bids going forward, which I suppose will help to keep, you know, future selling prices moderate. I think coming to HDB mm. resale market, we think prices will still sort of inch up, but probably at a slower pace because there's still healthy demand for it. Given the lower LTV limit for those taking HDB loans, uh, you know, this will sort of lead to a drop in loan quantum. Uh, so we, we expect there may be some price resistance going forward. Plus, with, you know, some cash-rich private home downgraders sort of taken out of the equation with that 15-month without period. That may reduce the competition for larger flats and, you know, hopefully sort of level the playing field for other buyers looking to sort of buy some of these bigger HDB units. Siying, here's the thing. Some analysts are saying that things could change dramatically if there is a recession. Because, of course, during a recession, home borrowing and buying ability will be curtailed and there might be distressed sales. What's your take on that? Well, I think coming to the risk of recession, I think IMF and the World Bank uh, just like recently that, you know, there may be a risk of recession happening next year amid the aggressive sort of uh, interest rate hikes. So looking at that, if, if that should happen, that should have some impact on interest rates. You know, we could see interest rates start to sort of plateau or, or maybe even come off. So that's one. Distress sales, we think at this point, home buyers and home owners actually, they are still, the household balance sheet is still fairly strong coming off for the cooling measures that we have Previously, you know, the macro potential measures, the LTV limits, you know, the TDSR. So, so I think home buyers by and large and homeowners currently by and large, they should have fairly strong holding power. We are not going to see a widespread sort of fire sales. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. But if a recession does cause the impact that we were talking about earlier, it wouldn't be inconceivable, right, for the authorities to roll back some earlier property cooling measures? Well, I think the, the measures are there for, for a good cause and really that's to sort of rein in price growth and ensure home buyers are prudent. I'm not quite sure if some of these measures will be rolled back because we, we actually haven't really seen a whole lot of them being rolled back even yeah. amidst uh, the <laughs> pandemic. So, so you know, I, I think what, what is likely going to be some of those clear signs would be whether there's a slowing in terms of the interest rate hikes going forward. So I think some, some analysts have said that, you know, six to, to nine months, potentially, you could see things slowing down. So, so we'll keep that in mind. Now, two records were rewritten with 45 HDB resale flats resold for at least a million dollars last month. You have pointed out on this show before that we really need to look at all of this in perspective. The million dollar flats make up a very small percentage of total sales. But tell me how you feel about this now. Has your view changed at all considering the numbers are rising? 
Oh, I mean, if you look at 45 flats in a month, that's, that's a new monthly high, right, by mm. the way. And uh, 45 a month, that's, you know, one flat per day and then some more, right? But it, it seems quite extraordinary, I think, offhand. But again, I, I come back to the point that these flats have really compelling attributes. They are compelling products in and of themselves, right? Some of them are no longer built by the HDB. So you're looking at, you know, DBSS units, the Masonets. So these flats are... In the city fringe, you know, you're looking at things like Pinnacle at Duxton, that's, that's a trophy project, you know. So they are unique in and, you know, of themselves. And to be honest, it's a willing buyer, willing seller type of transaction. I think my view remains that they account for a really small portion mm. of the total resale transaction. So if you look at the first nine months of this year, we had 277 such transactions. So that's 277 out of over 20,000 transactions, you know, or about 1.4%. So it's still still fairly small number. And there will still be demand for such flats. And we, we think prices of such rare units will continue to be a little bit elevated. So, you know, and we think now we are at 277. We think this number could sort of cross 300 this year, you know, three more months to go. Mm, okay. And again, like you said, please view all of this in perspective. Yeah. In the larger scheme of things, where does all of this stand? That's what you use as a benchmark for assessing the market. Now, with the new 15-month wait-out period before private property sellers can buy a non-subsidized HDB resale flat, to what extent do you expect demand for smaller resale flats to rise? Mm. Well, I think from what uh, you know, I've gathered from some of our agents as well as our collective sale team colleagues, right? Many of them uh, reflected that uh, some of these private home downgraders they tend to favour larger flats, so the five room or the executive flats. Some of them are quite used to the space; they may not necessarily want a smaller flat. So there would be downgraders who may stay put or they may sort of rent to ride out this 15 month wait, you know, and then go back and buy the larger flats. So, yes, I think some may go for the four room or smaller, but we don't think it's going to be sharply higher. So it's unlikely that there will be a sudden surge. I mean, it's something that we need to sort of monitor over the coming months. Mm. According to flash figures from SRX and 99.co just out, condo resale prices in Singapore rose by 1.7% from August to September, and they were up by about 11% on a year-on-year basis. How do you see the 15-month wait-out period impacting this segment of the market? Mm. So, so as we mentioned earlier, some people may, you know, choose not to, to not to sell for now and stay put. So that may sort of trim potential condo resale stock, which, according to you know feedback from our agents, it's already quite tight. So that may may sort of uh, increase this supply demand imbalance, so to speak, and and may continue to support condo resale prices going forward. I want to talk about foreign buyers for just a minute, Siu Ying. Chinese buyers mm. apparently have snapped up the biggest share of Singapore's condo market this year compared with other foreigners. This is according to a report by real estate consultancy Orange Tea and Thai. And they're saying that despite the increased additional buyer stamp duty, some buyers consider luxury properties in Singapore to be cheaper than in many other cities. And the latest cooling measures just introduced are not likely to be significant, not in impact them significantly because these high net worth individuals, they have sufficient cash or capital. Where do you stand on this and what sort of stresses might this cause on the market, if at all? Mm. I think it's so true that we don't think this round of cooling measures will impact 
foreign buyers very much. I think we saw in the last round, the uh, in December 2021, that uh, ABSD increased to 30%. That that will affect foreign buyers. But you know, from what we're hearing on the ground, a lot of the buyers they are fairly cash rich. So you know, they have the means, to, the financial means, to come into the market. In addition, as you pointed out earlier as well. Uh, prices in Singapore compared to some of the major cities are still relatively affordable. I think some of the key driving forces really is Singapore's uh, appeal, you know, attractiveness as uh, an investment destination. You know, we, we have very sound fundamentals, stable currency, stable political environment. So things, things are, you know, palatable for a lot of these foreigners to come in to, to buy. And they, they essentially look at more CCR type of projects and also they like larger format homes. Mm, and how might this impact Singaporean buyers who will, of course, say these foreigners are putting great pressure on the market? No, I mean, interestingly, the headlines, right? You see, you read headlines about, you know, oh, so-and-so snapping up X number of units in such and such a project. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, uh, new home sales in Singapore is still largely driven by Singaporeans. If you look in at the third quarter, 84% somewhat around there, 84% of uh, new private home non-landed sales, that's really all taken up by Singaporeans. So I think, again, we need to sort of look at the overall context. The numbers in terms of foreign buyers, it's still fairly small. All right. Thank you very much for that, Siu Ying. I always enjoy how you put things in perspective for us. Wang Siu Ying, Head of Research and Content at Propnex Realty. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.